Hi, everyone, and welcome to your April edition of the Influential Times. I am, as always, joined by my co-host, except for the times when I'm not joined by him. Uh, I'm joined by Tom Ward. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Not bad, thanks. And we are going to go, uh, we're going to do a, a little sort of quick fire roundup of the last month's worth of stories. So I'm going to start with something that's technically not an April one. It actually dropped the day before we did this recording, uh, is that Twitter has acquired uh, a company called Scroll, which has been working on sort of packaging um, media subscriptions into um, into sort of a single uh, product. So you subscribe in one place and then you get ad free access to lots of lots of publications. So if you're the type of person who reads a lot of news or you read a lot of sort of magazines that are increasingly going behind a paywall, you know, things like The Atlantic, The New York Times. Um, or in the UK, you know, that might be something like the the London Times or the New Statesman, publications like that. You would maybe be able to get sort of ad free access to all of those by paying a single subscription. So I think this is interesting in a couple of ways. Obviously, the sort of the publishing model for, for businesses is for, for publications generally is changing. And there's a sort of story there. I think the interesting thing is it sort of puts more meat on the bone of their story about um, of the sort of the the story we've covered before on Google on Twitter's subscription package. Mm. So they've been talking a lot about uh, having a subscribe option, and I think you know if this was part of it, you can start to see a little bit more why that would be an appealing offer to consumers. So yeah, there's a the the story is just a, a sort of link from the VP of product talking um, talking about this. It's gonna you know hopefully. If you subscribe, you get a little bit of a better experience when you're reading. I think we've all had that where you you sort of either want to read a story that comes up on your Twitter feed uh, and then you immediately hit a paywall and that's very irritating or you open it and this, the ads are so intrusive that you actually can't see anything. Mm. Um, so I think quite an interesting offer and maybe Twitter sort of um, is biased towards people who read a lot of articles, kind of, you know, self-confessed news junkies or people who sort of consume a lot of business news or or industry news. So I think quite an interesting um, an interesting development in the story of Twitter's subscription package. But I don't know, could you could you see yourself paying for Twitter based off that if you got you sort of got ad free or paywall free access yeah. to, to a bunch of publications? It's interesting, isn't it? I don't know, like in, like individually if you were going to have loads of subscription like i think people are trying to cut down if anything i don't know if there, if, if there was a way of like grouping them it would be more appealing but i don't know how many people are going to want to have you know five to ten subscriptions it seems like quite excessive but i suppose that's that's the thing right this this gets you around that um you know i i personally have more than one newspaper subscription and that feels a bit annoying mm. there's you know some that i'm happy to pay for but in other cases i feel a bit like am I really going to get a full subscription to something yeah. like the Financial Times, which I don't read every day, but they often have very interesting analysis. So maybe one Twitter subscription through Scroll and you get access to to all of it for, you know, I don't know, 15 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. I could kind of see myself maybe maybe wanting to do that because I sort of, you know, you want to support the the publications you find interesting. And obviously there has to be some sort of business model to this stuff. Um. So maybe that's that's a little bit of a way around it. And Scroll have always said that the publications will make more money than they would by by running ads. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, a tricky one for the display ads business maybe if this takes off. But yeah. um, you you had an update on probably the biggest the biggest sort of 2021 phenomenon, which yeah. is uh, social audio and 
a kind of avalanche of updates from various companies all all poking their oar in yeah exactly sort of uh yeah normally when i do my research it's like what's happening in the influencer world now it's like just put in the word social audio and there's plenty of stuff going on um obviously in the april update i was just talking there were sort of hints at some updates and some other platforms getting involved and there's been actually quite a bit of progress since then um so twitter obviously launched spaces in the last few weeks with some really exciting developments as well um so they've actually made it available to people with 600 or more followers which was you know a sort of slightly controversial um decision um but they've justified it by saying that you know anyone with less than that is probably not going to be a great experience for them or for the audience so they're trying to obviously build sort of larger audiences in these these rooms um it's available on ios and android which obviously keeps me and jack happy it means we can get involved um and and we won't be on clubhouse for the time being um so yeah so the other other criticisms they found is that people have said it's hard to find the spaces and the rooms to join in on but what they're going to be doing soon is you know you've got the fleets at the top um they're going to start sort of like there'll be like purple bubbles popping up so you can basically see when someone you follow is is hosting a room and then you can easily join in so they're trying to make it much more interactive and obviously drive the the attendance of the rooms um and they're doing quite a lot for creators and influencers as well so they're going to have features where you can um schedule a live event you can even sort of send out reminders a bit like you would with like a webinar or something and the biggest update really is that they're going to start doing ticketed spaces so and they're giving creators quite a lot of control over this where they can actually set the prices they can set even like the capacity of the space so they can make it like be quite exclusive if they wanted or it could be to a wider audience um and they're also they've also said they will take a cut of that revenue but most of that will go to the creators themselves so yeah interesting that they're obviously monetizing spaces but you know it with the view to obviously allow the creators to to generate a lot of the revenue jack yeah for sure um friend of the show sarah goodall tried one out uh last week i think and and sort of broadly said it was a positive experience some of the same kind of ux bugs um and grievances that that you mentioned but yeah it they've twitter feels like the sort of the earliest of the of the social audio copycats if you want to call them that mm. i think possibly off the back of the fact they might have had something in the locker or were thinking about something similar yeah. i get the sense it's maybe accelerated their their schedule a little bit but also they sort of were on it so quickly compared to you know facebook don't really seem to have anything yet um and you think facebook's a bigger organization more able to kind of put 100 people on on a problem yeah um that makes me think twitter work was somewhere with it but yeah i mean they're, they're doing all the sensible things like who minds you know the organizer takes a cut it's like that everywhere it's like that in real life um so yeah it, it seems like they're they're sort of really thinking about the the creator ux um a lot there which which to my mind is is a good sign and and again kind of more good functionality coming out for sort of industry thought leader yeah types yeah um, exactly whether the same stuff ends up on linkedin and really the b2b moves there eventually because that's sort of you know a, another step further into where people already are in business terms um is a different question but yeah so far to me it sort of feels like twitter is just about nudged into the lead given yeah the numbers the numbers on clubhouse downloads seem to really be be dropping off quite sharply yeah interesting what you said about facebook as well um because recent noise from facebook suggests they are 
developing a tool, um, which is not not a massive surprise. Um, I think it was an interview with Mark Zuckerberg a couple of weeks ago, and he suggested that they were they were creating a tool similar to, to Clubhouse called Live Audio Rooms. So they haven't been too creative with the name there, um, but they reckon it will be deployed on groups and in Messenger. Um, obviously, Facebook got lots of different sort of areas of the platform they could to, could leverage it on. Um, they're saying that one of the USPs will be that they'll actually they're looking at um, on-demand recordings because one of the criticisms, obviously, of Clubhouse is that you can't record the sessions and, and, and listen to them on demand. But um, perhaps that's something that Facebook are going to look at to kind of you know drive their their position on that. Um, they're also looking at how um, creators can be paid for the content as well. They actually already have a tipping service called Stars on Facebook. They mainly use it around video streaming at the moment, um, but they're looking to roll it out into other areas of, of the platform. Obviously, um, social audio being one of those. Um, and another interesting update from Facebook, actually, they're looking at more in their in, at their integration with podcasts. Um, so they're looking at ways that people can listen and download podcasts from Facebook, from the app. Um, and I think one of the advantages here will be that obviously Facebook know a lot about people's interests. They know, you know, who, you know, what pages you're following and everything like that. Obviously, that's how they drive a lot of their advertising. So they'll be able to push people to podcasts very, very easily. So that mm. could be an interesting, interesting integration as well. Yeah, yeah. Podcast discovery still feels the area that's that's a little weak and that yeah. no one has quite won the space enough to be the definitive discovery mechanism. And basically, I think a lot of podcasters say, unless you sort of get into like the top 10 uh, mm. in the Apple store or something like that, it can be it can sort of be quite tricky to get discovered. And there are famously yeah. so many podcasts. Yeah. So the mechanism is still very word of mouth. Yeah, it is, tend yeah. to hear about it on another podcast or a friend recommends it. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes unwanted. Um, we all, we all know, I think, and, and I guess the other thing about podcasts is like the cost of trying one and not liking it sort of feels higher than, than maybe some other things yeah. as, a, as a decent sized time investment compared to if someone sends you a link to an article yeah um so yeah you definitely of, yeah you definitely start to enjoy it more when you've listened to like five to ten episodes and you know the people on it and you know the sort of you know the in like conversations and jokes or whatever it is so yeah it is that initial investment isn't it to yeah, yeah there's there's a decent sunk cost to getting involved i mean spotify have invested a, a lot in this and i can see them testing stuff on in my spotify personally i can see them starting to kind of look at oh you like this type of podcast would you would you like yeah. this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. you already listen to uh, every week? So it's kind of a little bit of fine tuning to go there, I would say. Um, mm. But certainly, yeah, um, that they they were you know they've made the probably the biggest investment into social audio so far. Actually, Spotify. Yeah, you're absolutely nailing the segues today, Jack. Because uh, my next one is on Spotify. Um, uh, yeah, was, there was a recent investor call with Daniel Ek, who obviously Jack, you've definitely been hearing about recently. Obviously um with the arsenal stuff um but yeah ceo of spotify um he's talking about live audio now he actually likened it to stories he said you know every platform um will, will end up having live audio much like every platform has stories um they've actually gone down a slightly different route um they've actually acquired so they bought um a platform called locker house uh, locker room sorry um as the name suggests it's more of a sports kind of platform for live audio 
um, and they're looking to expand into many different kind of categories as well. Um, I think one of the interesting things about this is that with Spotify's base of kind of musicians and artists and people like that, um, that could potentially be their niche. And they actually said that what they hear from uh, as feedback from a lot of their creators is that they want to connect more with their audience and their fans and people like that. And obviously they have 350 million kind of, you know, subscribers or, you know, um, you know, customers globally. So I think that's a really interesting opportunity and perhaps they could own more of the music space in terms of um, live audio. They, they've said that they're going to rebrand Locker Room, so it's most likely going to be called Spotify Green Room. So, so yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Sort of, it's almost nice to to feel like there's some recognition of the fact that you don't have to win the entire market for it to be good. And yeah. Kind of Daniel like basically going, well, you know, this is where we're already strong. People within our space want this functionality. We're maybe not going to become the go-to place for for kind of business discussions, and that's fine. Mm. Um, and I think they've already got a sort of decent set of integrations. You know, you, you obviously hear complaints around monetization from from musicians and that sort of overall line of argument. But I guess Spotify is is kind of necessary now um, as an artist. There's no way there's no way around it. They already provide tools around things like, you know. Um, how you monetize maybe by getting people to come to concerts um with with sort of concert integrations and, and tours already linked in um, yeah. and exclusives to your to your sort of biggest listeners so seems like a a good fit um so my last story i was well story yeah um it is about stories so you know it all it all really links together today <laughs> um and i think this is this it's kind of an interesting one with a with a few strands but instagram are, are rolling out captions for stories uh reels is coming next so i think there's sort of two angles to this there's the functionality of itself and what does it say about you know the platform what they're trying to do and just rolling out good functionality for creators we know lots of people listen to things with the sound off etc i think maybe the sort of you know, and I, I think that's a positive move and it's something that they should be should be doing and platforms should be thinking about that. Um, it's also sort of interesting, you know, it's a move that TikTok, I, I think, made a month ago. And it does it does sort of contribute to this overall feeling of Instagram. And we were discussing just before we, we sort of came live of, of Instagram feeling like it's falling behind and sort of the Facebook in general has sort of become this this bigger beast and it's it's less good at having sort of first mover advantage and being the first on the scene and it just has to sort of rely on its large user base to to kind of keep um keep its position rather than any sense that it's you know the most enjoyable or the most interesting or has the most innovative functionality um and sort of instagram has long been seen or or sort of almost positioned as you know this isn't part of facebook almost it's like or it's the nice version and it's nicer than twitter because people are mean to each other on twitter and it's kind of a younger audience than facebook um and it's it's sort of interesting just this this i think there's this overall feeling that increasingly their instagram is is taking on the baggage of being a facebook company and it's sort mm-hmm. of losing the innovation you know as, as as the sort of core instagram generation is now you know, it's it's a bit more starting to starting to think about pension plans and home buying and um, 
that kind of thing you know p- people probably about our age sort of starting to just get a little older maybe that's a that's a slightly different conversation to the one their user base was in five years ago um and and it seems to be sort of naturally aging up um so yeah it feels like they're sort of losing losing ground a little bit but um i don't know if you feel the same or if maybe i'm being a bit a bit harsh on instagram yeah no i i I sort of yeah i I think it's interesting like whether you know being owned by facebook i think they're very very different platforms aren't they um and yeah there's definitely a definitely a split so um yeah no it's it's interesting yeah so uh we'll have uh i think we'll have another bonus story for you guys in the email newsletter which you can look forward to about um the the sort of future of the events industry so a good one a good one for marketers if you're sort of tracking that and wondering whether you're still going to be sending zoom links once everyone's vaccinated um spoiler alert maybe yes um we're we're sort of going to have to start doing hybrid events possibly so um a story for you guys on that but um otherwise we will see you again next time look out for the newsletter and um Yes, it's bye from me and it's bye from Tom. Goodbye.